to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Miller Thomas, the wonderful host of this podcast. I'm graduating pretty soon. Just found out recently that I won't be walking. I'll probably just be doing it over Zoom, but that still means I'm going to need a job after graduation. So, so please, Go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Now, for today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different on this Friday. I want to go back through time. I want to go back and look at a trade that Mike Hazen pulled off. And that is the Ketel Marte trade. I want to go back. And with my hindsight, with my perspective now, look at the lens that I looked at it back then and just grade it now, knowing what I know now, and just see whether who, who basically who pulled it off better, who got the better return, and just grading the overall trade. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's jump right to that retrospect of the trade between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Seattle. So Mike Hazen has a pretty good track record with trades, and uh, a lot of the trades he does are pretty blockbuster, honestly. Maybe the Ketel Marte trade wasn't a, a super blockbuster at the time, but definitely in retrospect it is. And then when you throw in like the Paul Goldschmidt trade, you know, trading away your, your franchise cornerstone face of the franchise, your Zach Greinke trade, the guy who he gave like a $200 million contract to during an offseason, uh, this guy, you know, even just as recently as the Starling Marte trade. So Mike Hazen is not afraid to pull off the big move. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about that Ketel Marte trade and Mike Hazen uh, that he pulled off. I just want to talk about it in retrospect now with the hindsight that we have. And uh, just pretty much grade the trade now that we pretty much can see what it materialized into a couple years. You know, we could go back a couple years from now and maybe we'll have a, another update of the grade. You know, a different response, a different perspective on how we saw the trade. But for how for but for right now, let's talk about how we trade how we view this trade right now with hindsight. So let's give you the the details, the facts, the meats of the the trade. So the D-backs acquired the Mariners' right-hander Taiwan Walker, who was a pretty big deal at the time. He was the, the centerpiece of the trade. He was a pretty highly touted prospect coming out. And so the D-backs were really centering the trade around him. And then they were lucky enough to also get Quetzal Marte in the trade, who wasn't that highly touted as a prospect. And then all the D-backs had to give up was, you know, Gene Segura, who was an all-star early in his career. I think by the age of 23, he was already an all-star. Then they also gave up uh, 
prospect Mitch Haniger, who is not always highly touted as well, kind of like uh, Keltel Marte. And then they also gave up Zach Curtis. And Curtis is pretty much the, the only one of those guys who hasn't really done anything in the big leagues just yet. He, he's actually a free agent right now after the Rangers released him last July. So really the trade was Taiwan Walker and Keltel Marte for Gene Segura and Mitch Haniger. So first, let's talk about what the Seattle Mariners got in the trade. So who they got back, the, the of course, the centerpiece that the Mariners got back was Gene Segura. And Gene Segura, he, he was pretty good for the Mariners. He had a, a couple of great seasons, actually, for the Mariners. And so they got the investment that they wanted back. They got the kind of return that they wanted back because he, he played well for the Mariners. If you look at his numbers, even from the time that Gene Segura first started in the majors with the, the Los Angeles Angels, he came on the scene pretty quickly, was an all-star his second year in the league in 2013 when he batted 294, 12 home runs, and stole 44 bases. Fast forward to his year with the D-backs, it's arguably... The, the best year he's ever had, and somehow he wasn't uh, an all-star that year, but he did finish 13th in MVP voting, if that means anything. He he led the league in at-bats, so in, in return, he also led the league in hits, and he batted three, 319 that year with a 370 OBP, uh, 20 home runs, and 33 stolen bases. So, you know, obviously the, the Mariners and other teams around the league saw a lot from Eugene Segura. They saw a guy that had some pop, can hit for average, steal a lot of bases, and play great defense. So when you have those kind of tools, you're going to be highly touted. And he was only 26 years old at the time with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that just that that gives you a, a different perspective when you know someone's that young and they're that good that quickly. Because then it makes you think about their trajectory and the potential. You know, that's what we like to talk about on this pod. When it comes to prospects and young players, it's all about potential and trajectory. You can see it in basketball. When Pete, when you when you see those lists, best 25 players, 25 and under. Luka Doncic is pretty much on the top of those lists because he's arguably a, a top five player in basketball right now, putting up 30, 10, and 10. And he's only 21 years old. So the same was... With Gene Segura, maybe not, of course, not on that level as like a Luka Doncic, but in his own right, being an all-star by his second year, having arguably his best season ever uh, in 2016 when he was only 26 years old. So he was the centerpiece of the trade going to the Seattle Mariners, and he played pretty good, was an all-star again for the Mariners that second year with the team. He batted 300 his first year, only 11 home runs and 22 stolen bases, but good batting average. Batted 304 the next year with 20 stolen bases and 10 home runs. So he was still hitting for a high average. His OBP was still pretty good. 345 pretty much is where it was hovering around. But even though he was an all-star, it just he didn't really do much more than hit for average and be solid on the base pass. His offensive game kind of took a, a downturn, even though you would expect him to enter his prime, being only 27 years old and 28 years old. So by the second year with the Mariners, after having an all-star season and his best year with the team, they took the route of what the D-backs did 
and they decided to trade Gene Segura, and they traded him to the Phillies. And uh, what they got back, they got they got a couple of nice pieces back, and J.P. Crawford, who they think is going to be their second baseman of the future, probably. And also they got, they got Carlos Santana, who is also still pretty solid with the team last year, even though you know he's older, he's not quite the guy he once was, but he still produced at a pretty high level for the Mariners uh, after being acquired in the trade. And actually, he even made the all-star team last year, surprisingly, if you could believe that, for a guy who's over 30 and going to a new team. But yeah, Carlos Santana was still pretty good last year at 33 years old, uh, batting uh, 34 home runs and a 281 batting average. So he was very good for the Mariners last season. And then what they also got in that trade from the, from the Arizona Diamondbacks. They also got Mitch Hanniger, and he was kind of like Ketel Marte. He wasn't highly touted as a prospect, but when he got to the, the Mariners, he didn't start right away. He still had to go in the farm system. They put him out in AAA, and he just started to rake in AAA, really just showed that he deserved to be higher up in the pecking order. And so because he was just skyrocketing through AAA, they moved him up, and he... He performed well for the Mariners in 2017 was his first, you know, official year on the team. He got 96 games in with the team and he batted 282 with 16 home runs. So in those 96 games, that's very solid numbers. And you could definitely build off that. And just like what we were saying, trajectory, you know, now you give him a full season the year after and he was an all star in 2018 along with Gene Segura so they were definitely liking their investments back to D-backs knowing the two best players from the trade are going to be all-stars together in their second year and that year Hanniger batted 285 with 26 home runs 93 ribbies so he was having another great season for the team but then things took a downfall in 2019 <laughs> he actually ruptured his testicle Yes, you heard that right. He ruptured his testicle, and so he was only limited to 63 games in 2019, and he only batted 220 in those games. That's a that's a pretty major injury, so that kept him out for a while. And then the other guy that the Mariners got, Zach Curtis, like I said, he hasn't done anything really to establish himself as you know a guy that could be in the major leagues every day, and that's why he was cut by the Rangers uh, last uh, this offseason now he's currently a free agent looking for a team so when you look at it in totality they got uh they got carlos santana older a veteran but still was actually an all-star with the team they got jp crawford a young guy who they think is gonna be their second baseman of the future they got also a mitch henniger who's already made an all-star team as well so they got a pretty nice investment from uh the d-backs in that trade but We'll be right back with more of that conversation after this quick message. Do you hate stepping on scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's God rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings Smart Scales are known for durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every way and syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of Smart Scales don't have the Wi-Fi option. It means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, 
weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even knows who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off of Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Now here is the rest of that conversation. When I look at it now for the D-backs, they got Taiwan Walker as the centerpiece of that trade, and he was good for the team uh, when he played. Now the only bad part uh, about that sentence I just said is when he played because he really only had one full season under his belt with the D-backs. The first season with the team had a 3-4-9 ERA and over 150 innings pitched, so you love to see that. Uh, he had 28 games started, and he struck out 146 people, so he had a pretty nice season with the D-backs, and he was only 24 years old. So like I keep saying, that trajectory, you're like 24 years old already doing this. Maybe you could be a number two for my team. But in 2018, he underwent Tommy John surgery, and he only had 13 innings pitched under his belt. Granted, he started a 3-4-6 ERA, but he missed the whole season due to Tommy John, and that wiped out that the rest of the 2018 year. Then 2019, he was recovering from surgery, battling shoulder issues, and that limited, to, limited him to only one inning pitch in 28, uh, 2019 before the D-backs finally let him walk as a free agent after two years of injury-riddled base, injury baseball. So he he looked like a guy that could have been a future star on this team, at least a, a franchise-stabilizing piece as like a number two or number three starter, and it never materialized outside of that first year with the, with the D-backs. And now Taiwan Walker is actually back with the Mariners as a free agent trying to revive his career he's he's still only 27 years old he came out at uh he was 20 years old as a rookie and he was dealing as a rookie with a three six ERA his rookie year only 15 innings pitch two six one ERA as a 21 year old pitcher only 38 innings pitch but he he's been good from the start so we'll see if he can revive his career with the Mariners but everyone knows who the real winner is in this trade and why that is and it's because of one guy one guy that no one knew was going to blow up into the star that he is becoming now. And that is Ketel Marte. Ketel Marte has been a beast with the team ever since he got here. He has taken the D-backs by storm. He has really become pretty much the, the franchise cornerstone and almost, you could say, the face of the franchise now that Goldie isn't there any longer. Just last season... I always tell people, if you want to win a bar bet, just go bet someone if Ketel Marte finished top four in MVP voting because he finished fourth in 2019 in MVP voting. He batted 329, 32 home runs, 92 ribbies. He was an absolute stud. His second year with the D-backs, he led the league in triples. So he's been on a steady uptick 
every year with the team, and then it really all materialized last season. And what makes you feel even better about Ketayo Marte is because when we talk about trajectory, when we talk about potential, he's only 26 years old, so he still has so much time under his belt. He's going to be with the team for the foreseeable future, for the long haul, I hope. I'm hoping, you know, down the line, if the if the D-backs are still sitting in, you know, regular, you know, just standard waters in terms of just being average every year, you know, not too high, not too low, just keeping your head above water is really what I'm saying. You know, just scratching the surface, always on the cusp of making the playoffs, always around 85 wins, but not making the playoffs, then you know what? They might think about trading Ketel Marte just like how they did with Goldschmidt to hopefully net another guy like Ketel Marte because it's a cyclical cycle. You trade stars to hopefully get players that could hopefully turn into stars. And so I want to see Ketel Marte with the team for the long run. Right now, the D-backs are out of the four major teams, or you could put highest in contention to be a playoff team or to even be the, the champion of their sport. They might have the best team compared to the Cardinals, the Suns, or the Coyotes. You can make that argument. Maybe you think the Cardinals or the Coyotes uh, have a better team than the D-backs, but the D-backs are right there in the conversation for being the best team in the Valley right now out of the four major sports. And Ketel Marte is the driving force of that. Now, granted, it's baseball, so one guy doesn't, you know, change the fortunes of a team. You know, you have 53 players in football, but quarterback is always the most important. You can't part- You can't really say which position is the most important in baseball, but he's the best player on the team on the best team in the Valley. He's the driving force. And right now, he's the face of the franchise. And I hope to see him here for, you know, the next 10 years at least. And so when I go back now in totality, look at this trade and look who won the trade. I have to say it's the D-backs because they got the best player. That's it. The Mariners got probably more quality players now that Taiwan Walker is not on the D-backs anymore. But because the D-backs landed landed with Ketel Marte, a true MVP candidate, a true top 20 player in baseball, top 25 player in baseball, that's what makes you the winner. Usually, 99% of the time, the, the, the team that gets the best player in the trade wins the trade, and that's what happened with the D-backs. So if I had to grade the trade, the trade is an A. You got an MVP. You got an MVP player in the trade, and that's something we wouldn't have expected. So the D-backs are the winner of this trade. Thank you to everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Now go tell your Alexa device to play the new edition of the Locked On Fantasy MLB, so you guys can stay up to date with news, rankings, updates, and all that. Hope everyone is out there staying safe and staying healthy. Peace.